You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. And it's our privilege to talk now with Pastor Emeritus of the Moody Church, Dr. Erwin Lutzer. You hear him on Running to Win weekdays at 1130 right here on 89.3. And he's also the author of No Reason to Hide. It's really helping us know how to stand on biblical truth in the shifting culture. Dr. Erwin Lutzer, thank you so much for joining us today. So glad to be with you today, Bridget, and I appreciate your ministry. Many, many years ago, many years ago, I actually came to your radio station. Oh, yeah. We also heard that um, we talked to Pastor Rob Pazienza from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. This is like either your first time to visit there or your first time to preach there coming up in the next few weeks, right? And I'm really looking forward to it. They have a wonderful lineup of speakers, and uh, it all has to do with the sufficiency of Scripture. And my particular topic is going to be interpreting the culture through the lens of Scripture and not interpreting Scripture through the lens of culture. I hope I said that correctly. You see, there are many people who go to the Bible And what we are doing is we are conceding territory to the culture because we are so anxious to interpret the Bible to make it fit the culture. And I'm speaking against that and saying that we have to critique the culture based on what the Bible says and not be, um, in my mind, manipulating Scripture so that we become more acceptable to the culture. So we engage the culture lovingly, of course, but at the same time, we do not withhold the truth or try to shape it to make it acceptable to the culture. Yeah, you say that this cultural moment actually calls for heroes, even reluctant ones. Actually, in your book, No Reason to Hide, you talk about a story with John F. Kennedy while fighting in World War II and how he and his comrades survived an attack and how he was awarded for his heroism. But his response was kind of interesting. Can you share that story? Yeah, you know, when he was given a medal because he had swum to shore and in effect was able to get uh, his uh, comrades' help. Later on, when he was given a medal, they asked him, how did you become a hero? And he said it was involuntary. He said, they shot down my boat. (laughs) So my point is that if somebody torpedoes your boat, you have no option. You can go under the water or you can swim. And sometimes there are reluctant heroes, people who don't want to be in the fight, and I suppose in one sense nobody wants to be in the fight, but at the same time, the cultural moment calls for it. And this cultural moment especially, as we see the walls crumbling down, as we see what is happening in our culture, and what we have to do is to speak to these issues and not avoid them, but to help people to understand that there is a biblical approach and a biblical solution. If I might just say this, you see, we are living in a culture where authority is being shifted from the text of Scripture to the human heart. So people are saying, when you go to the Bible, what you find is, uh, you know, it, it all depends on your background, and you have no right to say that the Bible says A, B, C, D, because it may say something different to somebody else. Well, I'm going to be arguing against that, 
and showing that while we may have our differences of interpretation, the fact is, and it's so important that it is the text that actually we deal with and we bow to, not our own point of view or our own background, culture, or a race. You know, you're not just a student of Scripture, you're a student of history also, and you've you've had books that have pointed us to seasons of our history where this has happened before. I mean, uh, World War II in Germany, before World War II in Germany, th- these were issues or topics that were talked about then also, correct? Not only that, but you know, Hitler actually screamed at the pastors one time and said, you just stick with the pure gospel and let me take care of the German people. In other words, what he was saying, I don't mind so much if you just preach the gospel. And of course, he didn't probably know what the gospel was. But what he was saying is, do not engage the culture. Do not speak against the Reich. And of course, those who did went to concentration camps. So the culture today wants us to stay in a very narrow band. As long as we tell the culture that Jesus loves them, they don't mind. But when we begin to point out the human heart and sin and how many of the philosophies of this world are based on humanism and not the scriptures and how wrong they are, that's where we begin to get into trouble. But I have to shout this out to your audience. I was going to say congregation. I guess they're a (laughs) congregation, too. Is this that um, we are living at a time when we cannot avoid these issues. We didn't go looking for a culture war. The culture war has come to us, and people cannot avoid it. There are parents who are listening to us this morning whose children are in schools, and the question is, what are the children being taught? What are they being taught about sexuality? What are they being taught about race? It's not as if we can somehow go off in a corner and say our only message is that Jesus loves us. That, of course, is the centerpiece of the gospel, but we even have to unpack that and realize that when we sing Amazing Grace, we're singing about something we don't deserve because we are wretched sinners. In fact, the song says that. So what we need to do is to speak to this culture, to engage it, but from a biblical point of view. And that, of course, is what I've been asked to speak about at this conference. Yeah, it's called Kingdom Come. It's happening March 31st and April 1st at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. We've got more information about it on our community calendar at our website. I guess the question is, is how do we do that, right? Because obviously you're saying this is something we need to do. We can't avoid it. But how do we do that? Is there a right and wrong way? Well, of course, the balance between truth and love is one that we all struggle with, and it's been a struggle throughout the history of the church. If you ask the way, um, the question how, the answer, of course, is we approach it with love and brokenness and humility. If we speak the truth, but from a standpoint of judgmentalism, What we will find is people will reject the truth because, remember this, people don't accept the truth unless their hearts are open to the truth. And so how do we do it? Well, we do it lovingly. But my point is we cannot submit to the culture. We cannot give the culture what it wants. 
and we have to draw a line in the sand and say we can go along with the culture this far, but we can't go that far. And so making that balance, in my book that we're referring to, No Reason to Hide, I try to do that, helping people to know, for example, there's a chapter on propaganda, a chapter on how do we answer questions like, um, we should feel guilty because we're on stolen land. These are the kinds of questions that people need answers for. But what we need is biblical answers, and then what we need to do is to see those applied and uh, take the consequences when there is pushback. You know, you spoke to this just a few moments ago where you said the war has come to us, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't ask for this. And I think as as parents, um, we we see these issues— and we say, well, that's for someone else to deal with. That's We're really on the front lines of that battle, and we can't step back. And I think sometimes we're, we're hoping the pastor will speak up or some government official will speak up. But really, we're on the front line of that, whether we want to be there or not is what you're saying, correct? Well, yes. You take, for example, a businessman. I received a text recently in which he said, can a Christian sign this? He's being asked to sign a document where he uh, can concede a number of different points, but part of it he can't, because it says, are you willing to use multiple pronouns? Well, in my book, what I do is I discuss that question and point out that if people want to be called by a different name, we can do that because names aren't gendered, but a Christian cannot violate their conscience. They cannot call a man a she when they know point um, very clearly that he is not a she. So (laughs) you're absolutely right. There's no way that people can avoid this. We can't simply uh, say to ourselves, well, we have to hide ourselves in the sand and hope the cultural winds will blow over us. We're in this cultural moment. And that's why, by the way, the conference that we're talking about is... um, I think that the title is Applying the Word of God to This Cultural Moment, and that's where we are at. Hmm. So what would you say then, and maybe you can tell us how you encourage that friends, like let's say there's someone listening right now, and they're being asked in their workplace to use a different pronoun for someone who, you know, just a week ago was some, someone else, and they're either forced to do that or lose their job. How do you respond? Well, the first thing I do is I I would definitely encourage them to talk to their manager. You know, you don't just walk out in a huff and say, I can't uh, sign this. What you do is you try to help people to understand your viewpoint. So I would stress that you would always be willing to treat people with respect, no matter what pronoun they want. But what you do is you may want to substitute their name and not use a pronoun and and so forth and see if you can work with the system. Now, eventually, I think if it comes down to it, if it comes down to the wire, you might have to lose your job. But not don't start out there. Uh, make the assumption that there is a place here for you if only you can show that you're not going to be disrespectful But at the same time, you cannot give this person what they want in terms of pronouns. But eventually, it may come to your job. So 
what the way in which we handle this is very important because what we might understand is that there are employers who are going to see our viewpoint and they will be willing to concede that this isn't necessary. So, um, but it's a difficult world. And the last chapter of my book has to do with suffering for Christ, because we need to rethink the whole business of suffering and to understand that, um, blessed are you if men revile you, persecute you, and so forth, Jesus says. And the time is coming when Christianity in America is costly. In fact, it already is. We're not used to that, but that's the way it's been throughout church history. You know, when I see stories like that in the news, it makes me mad. The pronoun thing or the, the transgender thing, it just makes me mad. But when it comes to your neighborhood, when it, when it's your coworker or something like that, it doesn't make me mad, I think. It makes me sad. It, it just it, it points to the sin in this world and what Christ came to forgive and how we need to be willing to pray for that person and show them the love of Christ and hopefully lead them to a place where they understand their need for a savior. I mean, it, it's mad when I see it in the news, but it's sad when it's in person, I think. I think you've said that very well, Eric. The simple fact is that the culture out there is changing, but when you have, and one of the things I deal with in my book is to try to help parents to understand what do you say to a child who comes home from school and says, mom and dad, I think I'm trans, hmm. for example. And I point out, you have to help that student, that child, to know that self-perception isn't always an accurate gauge as to who you are. And I give examples of that. So the point is, it is very different when it's your child, when it's your neighbor, when it's your friend in school. It, it, it changes the dynamic entirely. Well, this is what you're going to help us unpack. And you, along with other speakers at the Kingdom Come Conference at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, March 31st and April 1st, the theme, God's Word and This Cultural Moment. Yeah. Pastor Lutzer, thank you. Mm. Retirement, it's not really retirement. You're you're as busy as ever, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, We really are, because Running to Win, (laughs) which is on your station, is expanding around the world. And I'm doing writing and uh, probably too much speaking, but I hope to see many people there at Coral Ridge yeah. at the end of this month. All right. All the information is at our website. Go to ericandbridget.org. Pastor Lutcher, thank you for your time this morning. We do greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much.